Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Hunting season's finally here. September's ripping along. Hopefully, you burned some gunpowder. Got out there in the great outdoors and enjoyed a little bit of Mother Nature. God's creatures. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, home of the Big Honker Lodge and the Big Honker Podcast. Got some specials running in November. We've got some, uh, first, let's go early November, the first 14 days of November, weekday duck hunts, 250 for person lodging, breakfast, and a hunt. That's 250 for morning duck hunt. Need to have at least five people to do a hunt. Then we've got some hunts, some goose hunting available. First day I've got any kind of special will be 22nd and 23rd, which I believe is the Monday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Call me for special rates. and need at least six people to book a hunt. That's 940-658-3172. Get on those. Those are some good dates. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Right now, you can save yourself 20% by using the promo code TRUMP2020 on the trauma kit. It is important. You need this trauma kit in your vehicle. You need one in your bags. It probably wouldn't hurt to have one at your house also. TRUMP2020 will save you 20%. And it might save your life. Good. Uh, first aid kit's or, very important. Or, or a family member. Hang or on your Or your pooch. So jump all over this, 20% Trump 2020, or you can use a promo code Big Honker, and that is good for uh, any other thing from Gundog Outdoors. So they're trying to save you money. So go over to their site, gundogoutdoors.com, get everything you need to uh, take care of yourself and your dog. Great company, great products, great owner. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee, another promo code, also Trump 2020. Save yourself some money with Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it ain't duck. They got a high caffeine one for those days where you're dog ass tired. Put that bad boy in your coffee and uh, you'll be shitting like a fucking nutty squirrel. That's how you know it's good coffee. Is it the, the pooping content? Mm hmm. If it really gets you active, you got a good coffee. I drink, I drink a cup or two of Dirty Duck every morning. It's good stuff. Getting old helps me out. <coughs> like prune juice. DirtyDuckCoffee.com. And we are also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Get skinny, 2020. You don't need the big, bulky full bodies anymore. No, it's the way to go. You're skinny. It's easy to get in and out of the field. Big spreads, that's where it's at. Uh, Central Flyway, Midwest Pacific, it don't matter where you're going to hunt at. The, the, the more decoys you have, the better off you are. You can get so many more decoys with so much less work, and that's DiveBombIndustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Bismuth, copper-plated, hits like a freight train. We've been uh, shooting those at Teal down here. Oof. It only takes one. I do feel bad for those little guys because it just wrecks them. Just wrecks them. Folks, you better get on the boss train pretty quick. Uh, rumor is might be going to be a shortage of shotgun shells this year. Yeah. They might be the only company out there that's really producing any. So The fucking Rona. Get on the boss BossShotShells.com, or you can uh, you can message them, call them up. They can tell you everything that you need. We had a guy message us. He was shooting uh, shooting cranes with the 20-gauge, wanted to know what he needed. Boss had an answer, of course. Yep, they take care of you. Holler, holler at Meg over at Boss. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. They got a call for everything up there. PacificCustomCalls.com. Uh, lesser Calls. Big Geese Calls. They got a new crane call coming out. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know when it's coming out. I've, I've seen them teasing it, so it'll be out here pretty soon. They're reworking their uh, their guts on the on the goose calls, so be sure pay attention to what they got going on up there. They got a lot of cool shit at PacificCustomCalls.com. We're also brought to you by Foul Bandits Apparel, swag that you need for this upcoming hunting season. FoulBandits.com. They got shirts, hats, hoodies. They can do decals. Uh, they can do decals for your trailer. Got a lot of cool stuff over there at foulbandits.com. Um, outfit yourself. Treat yourself. Look the part. Look good. Got to get look good in the parking lot. You got to look good. Play good. Foulbandits.com. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck. The Lucky Duck spinners are the way to go. I use, uh, I use the Dove. Use the Dove quite a bit in September. Not only do I use them for my dove hunts, but I also use them for my teal hunts. In my mind, they got like a faster wing beat. I don't know if that's true or not, but... The teal love them. The teal usually like it, so that's what we use. LuckyDuck.com, uh, also the 2x4. Hunting season's coming up. 
you're going to need that two by four, hunt the edge, get the eyes off of you as much as you can. That's why I like it. Hunt the edge. And they can fit four grown men. I get that question a lot. How many guys can it fit? Four. It can fit four big-ass men in the, in the Lucky Duck 2x4. So go to luckyduck.com, get some of their stuff headed your way. Also, we're brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club and the Looking Glass Podcast. Uh, we just completed a giveaway with them. Six people out here at the Big Honker Lodge. Last weekend in September for a dove hunt. Logan Pyatt and... Rebel put on a hell of a show over there. So you can listen to their podcast wherever you listen to ours. If you're a uh, bourbon drinker, you better jump on board. They get a bourbon review they do every week. Yeah. Yeah, I think when when do the, their their podcast release every Thursday, I believe. Yes. So you can look for it at the at the end of the week. <coughs> Pull you through the mid the end of the week blues that you might be going through. Uh Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. I think that's what it's called. Type it in, you'll find it. We're also brought to you by 14 Cattle Company. Grass-fed beef, meet the difference, ship straight to your door. You can get a whole beef, half beef, whatever you want, all grass-fed, all natural. You don't have to go to the store, worry about the Rona. You can just get on your, you can get on your iPad and order you a side of beef like nothing. 14cattlecompany.com. Uh, you can check out everything. We just, we just completed our kill list. It should be here uh, in the next couple of days. Excited to see. I'm excited to taste the difference. 14 Cattle Company. We're also brought to you by J2 Outdoors. We got a little promo code for y'all. 10% off of everything. The promo code is Big Honker. Big Honker will save you 10% off of the Ice Ripper. They got a brand new one with a badass motor on it. Open up your ice hole. Keep water open. It's the best bait in the world whenever everything's locking up. Uh, J2OutdoorsLLC.com. You can go check out everything that they got going on over there. They've got a... A motor, ice ripper, and they've also got uh, one that you plug in. So take your pick. But use the promo code BigHonker. Save yourself 10%. Last but not least, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine made there in high Texas with the one and only Chris Brundrick. Good people over there. Uh, I know that they are really excited to get their vineyards back open whenever they can. But in the meantime, you can find their wines at all the fancy Supermarkets, Whole Foods, Central Markets, Paper or Plastic. They got William and Chris wine right there. Get the Skeleton Key. We're having steak tonight here at the Lodge. I will be having me a nice glass of Skeleton Key. WilliamandChrisWines.com. That is all of our great sponsors. Be sure to check them out. They do a lot for this show, so hopefully you're doing a lot for them. Show some love. All right, this episode of the podcast, Jeff and I, we're going back to the basics, back to where it all began. This is a how-to for all of you beginners out there, all you uh, all you guys that are a little green. Maybe this is your first year waterfowl hunting. This is just for you. If you're a new hunter or if you know a new hunter, be sure to share this with them. Uh, got some good knowledge in it on basics of waterfowl hunting. Geese and ducks, both. So, here we go. Back to the basics. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. This podcast brought to you by Stanfield Hunting because we're going to go old school and talk about some basic waterfowl hunting today. Back to the basics. Before we jump on that, have you noticed the amount of customers we've had lately that have had somebody get obliterated every time they're here? Uh, yeah, it's a common theme during dove season. It, <laughs> why do you... To me, that's just a miserable weekend. Uh, it would for me. It would be a miserable four or five days afterwards. Would you be miserable for to be with your buddy and have to watch him the whole time, though? It would be worse if it was my dad or my son. Oh, I would be madder than fuck if one of you boys did that somewhere we went. Okay, I mean, 
it sneaks up on people. Maybe one time, two nights in a row, two nights in a row. <laughs> like you're, 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 you're looking for it. Like I can understand, like you're out here with the guys and maybe one night you know, it gets away from you. I'm cool with that. It happens. But to wake up the next morning, you know, your fucking head has to be pounding. And then you, uh, you shotgun a beer at 10 o'clock in the morning. I haven't had a hangover. A legit hangover since me and mom were in Mexico a couple of years ago. One day I had one. I didn't feel very good the next morning. It wasn't bad though. I mean, it wasn't a bad, bad, bad drunk at all by any means. But I did drink more than I usually do, and I don't drink a lot. But I look back to some trips that I've been on before where I really got fucking and felt like shit for three or four days, and I don't understand why people want to go do that. Like I said, one time it can sneak up on you. The second time you're you're asking for it. I just don't get it. But I see that up here. And he didn't hunt it all this week. No, I've weekend. seen I've seen that three week three weekends in a row up here. Some guy just gets totally freaking hammered out of his mind, and his buddies are like dumbass. And I just think, why would you go on a trip? And maybe guys get away from their wives and are like, hell yeah. I just, I just don't. Whew. Well, you set him up for failure that last night. You gave him a half a glass of brandy. He asked for it. Customer service. No, you fucking you were you knew what you were doing. He asked me. I said he said you got anything to drink? I said we got red wine and we got sher- or some sherry or some not sherry some brandy. I'll take some brandy. So I gave him some. I didn't give him a half a glass. Fuck if you didn't. It they was, they it wasn't I half a it. glass. No, it was not. It was it was a three eighths of a glass. They were telling him if you drink that, it will kill you. Why? Because <laughs> he's already fucking obliterated. Hmm. He fell down twice, pissed his pants once. His fucking elbow looked like he'd been uh, catfish noodling. But you, you know, he had what, marks up all and down his arm. But you know what I noticed about him compared to a lot of the drunks we have? He's never a bad guy. No, he's don't cause a problem for no one else. No, just he harms himself. Exactly. The other people, you shouldn't blame that on me though. That sounded horrible. That is your fault. No, it's not. He was drunk before I gave it to he him. Was he was drunk before me. you gave it to he him. Wasn't but driving. You knew what you were doing. I didn't. You he, knew he'd say yes. He's the one that asked. I didn't go in you there and say, would you just like a, a drink? You were doing that just to mess with everybody else in the group. No. he, uh, But he's a nice guy. He, Very when nice. He, and, and I've been around him in lots of places where he, lots of out-of-state hunts I've been on with him. And when he drinks, he drinks, but he doesn't. He's a happy drunk. He, yeah, he doesn't bother nobody else. No. Very happy drunk. We had one a couple of weeks ago that was not enjoyable for me. He a was dickhead. Loud. Yeah. And I don't even think his group liked him. But anyways, that's the way it goes. Let's talk some waterfowl hunting today. Back to the basics, had where guys, it all started. Guys asked me, he said, hey, can you do a brief a re, a podcast and just kind of go over some things? A refresher course. Everybody needs that from time to time. Let's let's start out with the main, the, I, I think one of the most important facets of waterfowl hunting is your scout. Yes. You have to scout. Now, you're not always going to be on the X. I no. don't care if you're an outfitter. I don't care if you're hunting grandma and grandpa's land. I don't care if you're... In Amish and you have all the, the, the herds property to hunt on, you're not always going to be on the X. So I think one of the most important factors in scouting, if you can't be on the X, is to see if you've got a field between the X and the roost to be on. Yes. Now, I have guys tell me sometimes, yeah, we're running traffic, and I'll be, how many birds are you seeing? Well, there's about 5,000 birds feeding four miles from us. Where's the roost? What's the other direction? Well, that's not traffic. If you're not underneath the birds or you can't get next to the birds, then that's not running traffic. Right there is praying. That is a Hail Mary toss. Yes. So if you can't get on the X, then see if you can get the field next to it. You know? Hunt the the field in between the X and the roost. Yes. Then you're hunting traffic. (laughs) If you're hunting the field fucking in BFE idiot flats, that's not even in the flyway. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. I mean, unless something happens, unless the X bangs them and they happen to come to you, um, yeah, you're you're pretty well screwed. You better run a big spread if that's the case. We we had a, a dozen decoys and running traffic. You're also wasting time. We had a stage field last year that we hunted a bunch. It was a wheat field, and the birds would go to it, land in the morning, and then would go to where they were feeding other places. Sometimes it was my field. Sometimes it was other people. Justin's field, but. That's what they did. The difference is, is that they went to that field. And we're not talking about one flock, and that's the morning talk. We're talking about fives, tens, fifties, a hundred, just 
wave after wave after wave and you'd suck birds off well we hunted there and we shot as many limits of birds there as we did anywhere last year probably yeah and it was it was a traffic field but they did use it some but it was by the end of the year there was no wheat left they ate it so much but it was a traffic spot to go to but that was scouting a lot of guys would look at it and they'd look out there and drive by and they'd see oh there's only five or six seven eight hundred birds at a time and they'd leave well that made 800 birds would leave and another 800 birds would leave there and another 800 birds. So it, it would hold four, five, six, seven thousand birds in the morning or an afternoon, but they weren't all there at the same time. Right. It was a touch and go, but it was because of scouting. So to me, scouting is the most important. Now we're going to go to the field part, which is your, your deal. The scouting's my expertise. Fields are your expertise. Tell the guys what they need to do. If they're just a basic hundred acre field and the birds are landing in the middle, go from there. I mean, it- you could hunt the edge. You could hunt right underneath them. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I mean, if, if you've got the X, don't over don't overcomplicate things. Run you a basic U setup spread. Um, if you're hunting lessers, you know, minimum of fifty dozen, minimum. If you're hunting lessers, if you're hunting the big guys, you could probably get by with uh, you know. And I'm just going to use silhouettes because that's what we use. Um, you could probably get by with. 15 dozen, 20 dozen. Hell, you might even be able to do it with 10 dozen. Um, just a basic you. So, you know, if you're going to hunt in the in the spread, which a lot of guys do, you know, make sure your blind's brushed up if you're using layout blinds. If you're using a chair, make sure you got enough decoys around you. And, uh, you know, have the, have the bulk of your decoys around kind of where you're sitting. Now, if you're a- edging them, you can, you can spread your decoys out and, you know, look pretty big. Um, if you're, if you're running 15 dozen decoys, you know, put, put 10 feet in between each decoy, six feet in between each decoys, um, spread it out and then, uh, just run you a basic U. You got a wing on, on your right, a wing on your left, and you got some decoys that, uh, kind of in the middle. looks like a horseshoe. Make sure your wind's at your back. And I mean, that's, that's kind of basic. Now, uh, if the wind starts to quarter, one way or the other. So let's say you got a south wind. The wind's at your back. Now all of a sudden the wind starts switching southwest. What you're going to want to do, because the birds will land straight into the wind, is you're going to kick that right side open a little bit. So it looks kind of like a Nike swoosh. And then that will allow for the wind to start quartering. Now as that wind starts to turn more and more, so say it's blowing straight west, that right side you'll pretty well get rid of that hook completely. And it'll just be straight. So it'll kind of look like an L. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of a kind of a basic wind straight at your back. You're going to run a U as the wind starts to quarter one way or another. You're going to kick open your side a little bit more. And if it gets blowing straight out on one side, you can side slap them, which is a good uh, is a good tactic because it keeps eyes off of you. Um, especially if you're hunting out out of the spread. So if you're hunting out of the spread and you're going to side slap them, have that end open completely. Put, uh, put you a couple family groups right there in the middle where you want them to land. I like to use all feeders. That way it shows the birds in the air, hey, this is where the food is. This is where you should probably land. And then uh, go to work. What's the – what do you – on decoys, get your decoys put out, and you're shooting ducks and geese both. Do you, do you mix the ducks in with the geese? Uh, no. Well, <coughs> maybe to some extent, but really what I'll do is I will put – my ducks on that'll be kind of what you see first so the ducks will be on the back end of the spread to me that's the front end of the spread or the front end and where you're sitting is in the back so yes to me now some guys uh, we got in hot water the verbiage is different when we did this two years ago two and a half years ago when we first started when this was a how-to podcast to me that's the front of the spread I, I, I agree with you on that. The back of the spread is where we sit at. The back of the, yeah, I said at the back of the spread. Now, a lot of guys, for whatever reason, say that that's the back of the spread because the birds see the front of the spread where we are. For, for, for verbiage-wise, on the way we're talking about it. If I if it's a south wind. The far end of the spread is the front end. What you said on the, is the back end of the spread. To, yes. Okay. I go from my perspective, not the birds. Those guys are morons. <laughs> um, so, if it's a south wind and I'm running ducks and geese both, I will have... The ducks will be the far north end of the spread. Does that make sense? It's the front uh-huh. edge. Yeah, it makes real sense. It's the front edge. That way, when the ducks come in, that's what they see. They see the ducks. 
and then they see the geese behind them. Now, I mean, there's there's instances where I'll run uh, ducks into the goose spread, but, but for the most part, you're just really nilly putting ducks all in the spread. You're putting them in a confined area of their own. Yeah, most of the time, if I'm running, if I'm running ducks and geese, once again, this is silhouettes. I'll run three to five dozen. If, if there's a lot of ducks and they're all just kind of on the front edge. So they'll be in their own little pockets. And that's also where I put the lucky ducks. So yeah. the lucky ducks are spinning. They see the lucky ducks. They also see the ducks. And then that's kind of where they land. And there's days that we'll run nothing but just our goose spread and then just throw some lucky ducks up because we can turn them off and on. There's days, but if there's a considerable number of ducks using the field, then I'll, I'll, I'll definitely throw out uh, some dive bomb, either mallards or pintails or mix them. Do you like Whatever pintails because of the color variations? Pintails are good because they're they're a lot brighter. And uh, another thing, whenever you're hunting traffic, sight always travels further than sound. So this is where decoys like the pintails, like the snow goose uh, decoys that Dive Bomb has, the socks, uh, the black and whites now that Dive Bomb has. If you're running traffic, sight will make a bigger statement than sound. So if you're trying to track a bird from a longer way off, make sure that you have something that's going to pop to the birds in the distance. Black and whites, snow goose, pintails. They pop. Um, you know, a Canada goose does a pretty damn good job of blending into the, uh, to the ground around them, if you look at them. Uh, they, 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 they just blend. So do decoys that you use. The more realistic of a decoy that you have, the more it's going to blend in to the ground around it. So whenever you use a black and white or a snow goose, it's going to pop from a further distance away. So keep that in mind. Well, oh, we were talking about pintails. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you're hunting a foggy day or something like that and you got pintails, hell, throw out some pintail decoys. It's just going to attract other birds also. All you want to do is stack the odds in your favor as much as you can. And if you get birds within, if you get birds close to you, flying over you, uh, you know, birds that can hear you calling and that you can play with, you're just bettering your odds at having a decoyable bird. The guy also asked me the other day about the mixing the snow goose in with the Canadian decoy, the Canada decoy, excuse me. Ooh, easy. Almost Jeff. fucked up. Ooh, really big they'd there. have been all over your ass. The Canada decoys. Mm. They will be on the backside to me. So, once again, if it's a south wind, I will have the snow goose decoys on the south side of the spread. On the very back, far south end of it. Yep. And as the if the wind quarters southwest, then I start moving my snow goose decoys to the southwest corner, and so on and so forth. They're the very head of the end. Or however you look at They're it. They're at the front of the back, Jeff. Yeah, the front of the back. There you go. They're at the front of the back. I understand. You understand. But I know somebody's like, what the fuck are they saying again? We sit at the back of the spread. The snow geese are behind us at our backs. Right. Or if, or if we're out of the spread, they're the first decoys that I'll walk up on. A-frame compared to sitting in the kill hole. Uh, if you're sitting in the kill hole, you obviously need more decoys. Or you need to do a very, very good job of brushing your blind. A lot of guys now, especially with little geese, um, they sit in chairs. And uh, they also do this with snow goose hunting. And wherever they're sitting, it's just a solid mass of wind socks, mostly. Looks like a feeding frenzy right there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it is assholes to elbows right where they're sitting. Um, obviously, if you do a great job of brushing your blind, your, your layout blind, then, you know, you really don't have to go to town on the decoys around you just because, I mean, you've done a good job of brushing your blind. But uh, if you're just sitting in a chair and you're relying on your decoys to be your hide, then I'd make sure uh, you, you need a lot of decoys around you to do it that way. Uh, A-frames, you can get by with a lot more. You can set on... Now, one of the drawbacks is you're not always where they're landing in the field. So if you're hunting a big field and you A-frame them, um, Blake and Zach swear that you can you can run an A-frame out in the middle of a bare field. I've not had any luck with it. I like to find an edge. So one of the drawbacks with an A-frame is if you edge them, there's a good shot if you're hunting a big field that you're not going to be right where they want to land. So um, this is where, you know, you got you kind of got to pull them off of their spot a little bit. The good thing about here is we have pivots everywhere. So we can get to a pivot head, and believe it or not, it actually works. 
play the wind right and, you know, pivots right in the middle of the field. So uh, it works for us. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the main difference is if you're out in the middle, make sure you're hydrate. If you're using decoys, have a lot of them. And then if you're A-framing them, get your A-frame tops brushed and then, you know. If you don't hide, you're not going to kill nothing. That's the key is that's, the It's scouting, hide, decoy spread. Three most important factors. And it's in that order, though. So a guy, Scouting, hide, decoy spread. Because you can have a shitty spread set out and a badass hide, and you'll kill geese. You might have to do some adjustments here and there, but it's not vice versa. Yeah, if you're not hid, you're not going to kill you're not, You can have the best fucking spread out there. If you're not hid, you're not going to kill any birds. What about calling? That's way down the list, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's so far down. It's, 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 uh, to me, I mean, it's, it's pretty much... I mean, it's important, but it's very, very minuscule. So the guy, I've, there, I've seen a lot of shitty callers kill good birds that are on. I mean, if you're on a good field and you got a good hide and you got decoys out there, calling's not very important at all. Now, if you're hunting a traffic field, calling gets pretty important because you you need to make a lot of racket. Um, you should be running a big spread if you're if you're running traffic. So. Calling is important on days that you're hunting a traffic field. If you're having to make a, sh- a chicken salad out of chicken shit, you need all you need all the help you can get. So, so that's when calling is important. So your buddy JoJo that thinks he's the best caller in the world, and y'all shoot a bunch of birds, but y'all are always on a hot, hot, hot field. You're not that. It good ain't, of a it ain't him that's it, doing it. No, it's not that at all. There's, I mean, no, no. You can get out there and put a couple put a couple notes together, a couple sequences together. If you're on a hot field. You'll fucking wear them out. I mean, you'll just fucking wreck them. Uh, you know, you you separate the the wheat from the chaff whenever you're hunting a traffic field. That's kind of when you see the men from the boys, and uh, that's when you really test your skills. So if you're into that sort of thing, get off of the X, run a. I'm just saying, I'm just bullshitting you. If you've got the X, hunt the fucking X and murder them. But you know. Hunt traffic and that you might have a little bit of humble pie on your hands, which is a good thing. But that's also how you learn. You learn the most from your bad hunts. What's What's funny is, or not funny, but you guys hunt every day and people are like, oh, y'all had a bad hunt. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens to the best all the time. Every guy I know that's an outfitter's had a bad hunt. Oh, sure. And anyone well, that says they haven't has not hunted much. It's just the law of averages. Damn, or they're a damn liar. That's exactly right. It's just the law of averages. The more, more you're out there, you're going to have more good hunts, but you're also going to have a significant number of uh, bad hunts. Trust, just, it just happen. happens. It just happens. But, I mean, you know, don't overthink things. Keep keep the wind at your back, if at all possible. Um, <coughs> yeah, you know. Don't overthink things on the on the on the on the good days, um, and I always set up for the wind that's there. So if I've got a south wind, but they're saying that a north wind's coming at ten o'clock, I am setting up for the south wind because there have been many many times that you're not buying into the wind change. The wind change is two hours behind of what they said it was going to be. Now what you could do on that day is you could set up. For, you know, if, if, if it's going to go from south to north, figure out which way it's going to be in the meantime, you know, as it switches, if it's going to be southeast to northeast to north, set up for uh, like an east wind or vice versa. If it's going to be south and then southwest and then west and then northwest and then north, play the middle and, and set up for a west wind and alter your spread as that switch happens. But if you're stuck, you know, with a south wind, or, or, you know, if, if south is the only way that you can hunt, fucking set that baby up for a south wind and just pray that you're done before the wind switches. Do you – uh, I enjoy crosswinding when we field duck hunt. Yeah. Um, you know, when birds are coming straight at you, they usually go straight up and then it's kind of over with. As you crosswind them, I feel like you get more – Shooting. It's easier to shoot at them that way. Coming at you is easy shooting. There's no doubt about it. But the crosswind shot, like you said, as they, as they hit the decoys and they jump up. And then they keep going the yes. way that they came in. So you, if you've got a southwest wind, the birds come in from the east and then they get close enough, you call the shot. They keep going west most of the time. 
So they just go down the whole line and everybody gets, you know, more quality shots rather than if they come straight in and then, you know, straight up and then disperse. I don't think the birds have a chance to pick you out either as much. Mm -mm. It's it's easier to hide when their eyeballs aren't on you. Right. And that's where... um, if you're if you're talking about duck hunting, you know the lucky ducks make a very good spinner that you can put up, and they key in on that on that motion from the decoy or from the from the lucky duck spinner rather, and then they're not really even looking for for a blind, so it keeps the eyes off of you. If you're goose hunting, you want something uh, some sort of jerk system with a with a flag on the end of it. Uh, Moat gear used to make one called the Magic Mike. They don't make that anymore, so I really don't. I've not. I've not done any looking. I'm sure that there's something out there that Somebody's, you can find. Somebody the other day had mentioned that there was somebody, and I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but that's a good system. I'm surprised someone hasn't jumped on that again. I think it's hard to make. I think it's hard to turn a profit on it. Is that what it is? I think so. I'm surprised someone hasn't come up with a homemade one. You have to fix yours all the time, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's got a bungee on it, and that bungee keeps coming off. Um, you there's There's ways that you can reinforce it. You, Blake, and Zach all have one. Yes. Does Josh have one too? Josh has one also. Yeah, Josh, I've got a couple. I think all of us have, except for Blake. He usually borrows one of ours. That's kind of his mo. That's his mo. Just borrow shit and and take care of it. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> and flags are pretty flimsy anyway, so a lot of times the flag rod will uh, kind of wear out. But it happens. But that, that if you're hunting out of the spread, if you're a framing it and you're goose hunting, try to find some sort of flag system where got a string on it and you can pull on it you could probably make your own i mean it's a pretty straightforward design well it's a it's a a lot of people don't realize how important that motion is and without sure. them it sure hurts because i have many 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 mornings uh i need you to go out and get over to the trailer and get that magic mic and bring it to us please i'm like son of a bitch can y'all not remember shit no and the king of that is the one i'm sitting here doing a podcast with I got a lot of shit that I got to look after so before. Does, so does everyone else. So do I. I got a lot of shit. Yep, so do I. I don't think I've forgotten anything. You've had me pick get the magic mic multiple times. Once again, this is a law of averages. Well, you should be. It doesn't matter. Okay. The more I'm out there. The more I have to go get it. The more I'm apt to forget something. You you forget it more than anyone else does, though. I don't. I, I, I can't remember Blake I, ever calling me. That's because Blake me. doesn't use one unless unless it's dire. I've heard Blake many times say, "Hey, I need a magic mic to use," and you say, "Okay," but I've never had to go get it for him. Hmm. You, I have. Hmm. Um, over calling. This, we're going to talk about ducking because there's not a lot. There's not a lot of goose callers that that we run into. Most of our hunters that hunt with us can call a duck call, but they cannot blow a goose call. Well, that's kind of consistent across America, I, I think. Believe. I think so, too. There's a lot more duck hunters than goose hunters. Goose hunters well, are a lot more of, a, of an investment and a lot more equipment, and it's, so it's just not as common. Well, and it takes it takes quite a bit of skill to run a goose call. Any yeah. Anybody can pick up a $15 duck call from Walmart and make it run, in my opinion. Make it run is kind of a – they can quack on it. They can – they can be good enough on enough it to kill some birds. To be to kill some birds. Not everybody can pick up a fifty dollar goose call from Bass Pro and yep. kill birds with it. No. The basics on a on a duck call are much easier to learn than the basics on a goose call. We agree hundred percent on that. I can blow a duck call, I can't blow a goose call. I'm living proof of that. Sorry, duck hunters. Uh well it's true. So when you call, one of the things that I notice is guys want to overcall. Sure. And, want to, well, and, and be real loud. Um, I mean, you know, you spend all summer fucking working on these tricks. You want to show them, Jeff. Yeah, and a lot of times if you'll just shut up, it works better. Like, I, I think a whistle when you're duck hunting is almost as important as a, as a mallard hen. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, it, it, it would be a nice background, sure. That last day two years ago when we were hunting, that's all Blake ran was his uh, stolen pintail whistle. Yes. Walmart, you still need to prosecute him. <laughs> and Zach and I were running uh, the Mallard call. But it's a good little backup sound. It, 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 but it works real well. It does. It blends in well, and it works good, and you can kill a lot of birds with that. Or the old pintail. Yep. However the fuck it sounds. No, oh, that's a widget. I know that. I was going to say the same thing, though. Um... And my brother cannot whistle for fucking doves for nothing. Does that not wear you out? It's not even what a dove sounds like. But does it not wear you out? 
He's been doing it forever, Jeff. Does it not wear you out, though? We can dove hunt, and as soon as Tony sees a dove, he starts just fucking whistling. The whole fucking time. And everybody's looking at each other like, somebody shoot him. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I think you can you can definitely overcall on both. Um, I think that you overcall more that I think duck hunting leads to more overcalling. I think that's right, too. If they're because, coming, let them work. Yeah. Don't overdo it. What's funny is you get ducks at it for 75 yards and this guy, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Just chill. Let them just, just kind of, you know, chuckle at them a little bit. They're coming. Let them, let them come. Tease them. Yeah. Tease them. Don't fucking scream at them. Then they can see your ass. They're like, look at that fat fucker over there with that duck off. <laughs> and they're gone. Yeah. You know, just the, the minimum... Here's a here's a here's a little motto to to live by when you're goose when you're hunting. Uh, minimum amount necessary. Minimum amount of force necessary, because especially early in the season, don't don't fucking show them all your tricks opening weekend. No. Don't throw out all your decoys. Don't throw out all of your spinners. Don't throw out your jerk string. Leave some things in the in the bag for when you need them. Because if you throw out everything opening weekend, you got nowhere to fucking go when the birds start getting tough. If you're a place like us, like the birds that we start shooting are the birds we're going to have throughout most of the time. They just start adding. We just keep getting more and more We just keep getting more and more of them. So if we throw the the kitchen sink at them opening weekend, well, by the time January rolls around, they fucking seen it for two months. Now, if you're getting getting birds that just blow completely out of your area, then by all means, fucking run the kitchen sink. But – a good rule of thumb to live by is minimum amount of force necessary. Start out, you know, we'll use duck hunting for an example. Start out running, if you're on water, put a dozen or two out. That's it. One spinner. And then as as the hunting gets tougher, increase your spread number, increase your amount of spinners, or vice versa, pull the spinners completely. You know, that when you talked about don't put all the kitchen sink out, I always remember that story our good friend Ryan Fox told us. He went on an early season goose hunt in Ohio, <laughs> and they hunted a golf course. Slept and, in their pickups yeah, the night before. And it had been like 100 geese there, or 200 graders, whatever it was there. Which is a good hunt. Right. Well, there's nine or ten guys there, and they put out freaking 300 Bigfoots. Mm-hmm. They all had their, their blinds all brushed in real good. And they all fucking called them fucking poor geese get up, you know, coming to the same place they go every day. Fucking, there's only a hundred of them. Yeah. And everybody's <laughs> clawing. They're fucking going up. And there's fucking guys putting behind them on the fucking green. Yeah. And they shoot into these fuckers. But they could have put out a dozen Bigfoot decoys, not and, even call. And left the, had one guy murmur at them. Yeah. And that's all they needed to do. But they did. I still, fucking. I could just picture that. But that's how, guy, you know. And I mean, I understand it. Guys get new toys. They get new. Uh, they get new little tricks up their sleeve, and they want to fucking showcase. Showcase it. They're excited to use it. And there's, um, and there's that poor bastard that's up on green number eighteen, lining up that critical third putt. And about time he's going to putt. <laughs> I've never hunted a golf course. Well, that's because Knox City's golf course doesn't hold for many birds. If it did, would you just have to get permission from the golf course? Well, that would be the city from the country club. Then you'd have to get the city because the city owns it. And it's in the oh, city. the city does? Yeah. So it's not technically a country club. It's a city club. Well, whatever. It's a private club, but it's a the city owns the land. It's a counterfeit country it. club, it sounds no, like. No, they, they lease it from the city. for they got a 100-year lease or something on it. I can't remember. Uh, so, but, I'm, 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 but, but they take care of it, though. The city doesn't take no, care of no, it. No, no, no. It's a private deal. They just lease it from the city. But I think it's in the city limits. I can't remember. I don't. I think it's in the city limits. Regardless, you would probably have to get the city to say it's okay. But if geese are eating up the fucking golf course, those guys would be more than happy to let you hunt there one day. But the geese they're landing on country clubs and, and it's early on stuff season or early season big geese, right? And it's not the it's not the little geese like we hunt. They just need a little bit of grass to, yep, keep their diet in check. I, Wichita Falls, I don't think they're in the early season con- conservation goose hunt or whatever they call it, nuisance goose season, but it's coming down the pipe. They're just wrecking their golf courses? I don't know about that. It's just there's more and more geese all the time. Rustin sent me a picture the other day. 
of a neighborhood, a house, and there was fucking two or three hundred mallards in the front yard eating. Oof. And they're local. They're local mallards that have come off that have just gotten bit every every year. Get more and more of them. And those fuckers shit everywhere. Oh fuck, it would be miserable. But the guy's front yard is just low. there's two or three yards there, and they feed them. Oof. And those geese, that those ducks come in. They started there coming to eat the acorns in the yard, right? And then now they started feeding them. And he, he just sent it to me the other day, and it was just loaded up. He said there'd be a couple thousand of them during waterfowl season. They come off Lake Wichita and they go right in this neighborhood to hunt. A little fucking kid like me growing up at the time, oh, I'd have been set up on them fuckers. I'd been BB gunning them to death. Yeah. And it, someone in their front yard, there's a duck hunter out there. He'd be like, I'd be looking for bands every night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, no there, there's you know, there's one or two in there. There's a couple thousand ducks in there. So, but yeah, that, but they're just a, they're a nuisance. And I've seen pictures of people's swimming pools are just covered up with them. Mm. Just shit everywhere. Oh, it just, that would fucking suck. Mom bitches enough about having to clean her pool. Could you imagine if there was duck shit all in it? No. No, not at all. Uh-oh. Are you expecting someone? I am not. Not either. He's wagging his tail, so he acts like I it's somebody it's that Bo. he knows. Bo. Bo knows. It's Alan, Bo, or the lady from Cisco. What time is it? It might be the Cisco lady. I need to go look. Okay, I'm back. What were we talking about? Uh, shit, I don't know. The basics. Um, Anyways, we get tons. Of, we get tons of messages and emails. We appreciate them. No problem at all. Don't don't stop sending them. People asking lots of questions. A lot of them we answer direct, and that's why we just kind of went over just kind of a basic knowledge deal. And the, the experts out there are gonna pick apart what we say, and that's fine. But they're listening to the podcast, so there you go. Hmm. But they're not listening to learn how to goose hunt. We know that. And most other people aren't either. It's of interest. And this is some things that we can pass down because we have a lot of new listeners. And yeah. Well, and there's a lot of new hunters out there. So this is important for, uh, you know, new guys that uh, maybe don't have a good good person to look after or look up to in their area. As hunters, we should be able to ask our fellow hunters for advice and help. But a lot of times nobody wants to do that because they don't want to – they don't want to. Act, they don't want to feel like they're stupid for asking, mm-hmm. or they're afraid that that guy's gonna be a fucking asshole. Because waterfowl forum pages, there's always two or three dicks on there that try to run everything and try to make it, talk down to everybody. And it's just like everything else; those are the only people that you hear on those pages. Like yes. that's all you see are the assholes. Yeah, there's nobody ever steps up and says that's what's good about our closed podcast page. If you ask a question, you're gonna get some help. Someone's gonna try to. Because if someone's a dick, I'm gonna run them off. And I'm not talking about just playful banner. I'm talking about just an ass. If you ask a serious question, hey, I'm, I'm having trouble getting birds to finish or blah, blah, blah. Someone out there is going to help you. Yeah. And it may be someone that's part of our team here that's going to help you. But I'm not going to put up with that guy that's a dick like it's on the other forums that's going to come up and say, well, well, you know, try to make you look stupid. We're not doing that shit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I want to talk about before we get off here, before we get off the hunting part, or we're going to get off the hunting part, I want to talk about voting. Folks, there's never been a more important vote than what we're going to have when we vote for president this next time around. If you think that the ability for us to hunt is not going to be changed if Joe Biden somehow wins, you're wrong. They're trying to take guns away in some places, and people, oh, they're not really trying to take your guns away. Yes, they are. They're going to try to make it hard for manufacturers to manufacture ammo, guns. They're going to make it impossible to hunt on federal lands for you guys that are public land hunters federal and state they're going to take some of that away and you can say the sky is falling but it's true if you want to hunt you believe in god you believe in our country you better vote republican well okay they might it's still got to go through congress jeff that there if they keep if they win this election they're going to fix the freaking elections where it's going to be hard for republican to win anywhere how so? They just with 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 voting districts, uh, all this mail in voting, no voting, no voter IDs, and shit. They're going to cheat. Yeah, but all that has to go through the House and the Senate. They change it all the time. It's what I'm saying. If they keep, if they win this election, the if, presidential election, the, the presidential election. If Donald Trump loses, it's just going to be a push to get more of that shit done. The voting I, laws and I'm all not this saying other stuff. That, I'm not saying that you're not correct, but. The good thing is, is uh, checks and balances, the, it's got to go through Congress. The checks are bouncing, and there ain't no balance anymore. I mean, you, 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 we, we lived through this fake impeachment deal, and he almost got impeached. 
Well, the, you know, you knew the house was going to. Well, well, of course the house did, but the Senate was only like five or six votes different. Well, and, and if, 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 if Donald Trump loses this election, America as we know it is going to crumble faster and faster and faster. And hunting is going to be one of them. You know, they passed a new green deal, you know, the they, house did. You know, if if they passed it, oh 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 oh, if oh, Joe oh, Biden oh. was elected president or Kamala or whoever the fuck's going to be running it up there on the left, they're going to have executive powers. They can do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. The oil industry is not going to exist. I don't know how the hell they think they're going to pay the bills for America without that huge tax base they would be losing. But this is the most important election that our country has ever had, probably. And. You're going to have to get out and vote. You don't need to just vote. You need to go find your friend that don't vote. And everybody works with that guy that doesn't vote. But he likes his gun. Or he goes to church. He believes in God. Whatever it is that he believes in that's America, he needs to go vote or that shit's going to go away. And they're going to wake up one day and we're not going to have that. I mean, seriously, this is a serious, serious deal. And everybody says, well, every election is serious. Well, it is. But this one is even more because it's extreme. We've never had the extreme. Even when Obama ran the first time, it wasn't extreme like this. You think about this. When Obama ran the first time, he was against gay marriage, which I, I don't care about. But but he was against gay marriage. He was against uh, a lot of things that now is is considered faux pas for to even think that way. Mm-hmm. And we're just at a, bad, we're at a critical time. And I think the jobs will lose, economy will crash. If he, if, if if Biden wins, economy will crash. I don't think Biden will win, but we got to get out and vote. Sure. And I want that's what I want people to do is go vote, get your buddies to go vote. It's only six weeks away. I think seven weeks now. Seven weeks from Tuesday is the election. What is it? November third. Yep, seven weeks away from Tuesday. Go vote. Get your people to vote. I mean, this mail-in ballots is is a fraud. They're going to keep trying to do this shit, just like this climate change. They call it climate change, but they're burning down the forest everywhere. Hmm? The, a lot of these fires, wildfires and stuff, are being set by arsonists. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, climate change is huge again. Uh-oh. The Russian deal didn't work, and then the racism deal didn't work, and now it's climate change is their big push. And all of a sudden, these fires are springing up everywhere. They think it's arsonist, or do they think they, they did. Is. They've arrested a bunch of guys. One guy got arrested in Portland, and then they arrested him. Set three fires later, twelve hours later, they let him out of jail. Hmm. I know one was started by a gender reveal. Right, there's some accidental fires that are gone, but a lot of these people are setting this shit on fire on purpose because it's pushing an agenda. Climate change. Hell, Biden even come out yesterday and said in a deal that if we vote Trump, that that, that we're we're expecting more of this kind of stuff. But if we vote for him, he can change, he can change all this. They ought to shipped his ass to Florida yesterday and made him made that hurricane go somewhere like up there where they need the rain. <laughs> there's a hur- there's a, something in the Gulf right now. Is it going to come up this way? Or is it going to go into Mexico? I think I don't know. I know that one of them hit Florida yesterday around Pensacola somewhere. This one's going to be south of Brownsville quite a ways, but I don't oh, know. I don't, I don't know how it's going to curl. I don't have a clue. Or if it's going to curl. I, I don't. I don't know. But it's just that time of year. It's just an active spring, and it's or an active spring. I mean, an active uh, hurricane season. Hmm. Anyways, that's all I had. I'm, I'm, go hunt. Take some kids hunting. Uh, go vote. I mean, we got some job to do as Americans. And everybody that listens to this podcast is on the same page we are, you know. And we, we need to flip the blue people to red. And we, we've got to vote. And rock, hunt the vote. We've got to do that. This is as important as it's ever been, ever. Um, God damn it. What did I do? Good language, Andy. Huh? I'm fucking... What are you doing? Well, this fucking band got stuck on my hat. I'm not sure. There it went. Um, Don't get so wrapped up in, if you're new to waterfowl hunting, don't get so wrapped up in making a a big pile every time that you're out there because it's not going to happen, okay? Instagram is fake. Facebook is fake. All that shit you see, you know, don't get wrapped up in keeping up with the Joneses. You're going to have bad hunts. Everybody's going to have bad hunts. It's part of waterfowl hunting. Those are the hunts that you learn the most out of. So if you go out and you put together a string of bad hunts, say you fucking go two weeks, just no luck, and you're a beginner, don't fucking, don't quit. Try to learn something from every bad hunt. Watch what the birds are doing in relation to what you have set out and make changes to your decoy spread. Don't call as much. Call more. Just 
do do use the bad hunts as a way of growing as a hunter. Don't worry about fucking numb nuts that shot a limit down the road from you or anything like that. Um, just just go out there, try to get better each day. Realize that bad hunts are going to happen, and but those are the hunts that you learn the most out of. If you go out and you're hunting the next, and you throw out a, a spread and you shoot a limit in 15 minutes, that doesn't mean that you're a good hunt, good hunter. That just means that you were on the X. You were supposed to do that. The days where you know you have the ability of shooting 10 geese and you shoot 20 instead, those are the days. Though that's that's how you show your your merit as a goose hunter, not the days that you go to the X and do what you're supposed to do. So don't be, don't be a harsh critic on yourself. Give yourself a little bit of leeway. Just if you have a bad hunt and you learn something from it, it's not really that bad of a hunt because in the long run, you're hunting, you can use that knowledge. Whereas the guy that's just going out and burning them up every day because he's had good luck on fields. Well, you know, he's going to go through the same growing pains. So, be easy on yourself if you have a string of bad hunts because they happen. They happen. Just try to learn something from each one. Change things the next time. And uh, try not to get too discouraged. And appreciate the hunt. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do a very good job of that. Well, we need to do more of that. Well, enjoying that and just enjoying being out visiting. But it's a job for me. No, no, no. I'm talking about when you get to just go hunting. Like when we go do a fun hunt with the boys and stuff, it's about the hunt. It's enjoyable. Enjoy it. Uh, everybody have a great day, a great weekend. We'll have another podcast coming out uh, Friday. Uh, God bless y'all and have a good day. I gotta go pick up my Trump signs. Where's your Trump sign? I got 20 of them. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you to everybody listening to this podcast. Go check out all of our, all of our sponsors, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Gundog Outdoors. They got a promo code. Dirty Duck Coffee has a promo code. J2 Outdoors has a promo code. Foul Bandits, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Pacific Calls, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Duck Club, William and Chris Wines, and 14 Cattle Company. Everybody have a good one.